0: Welcome to Nutrition for Mortals, the podcast that says life is too damn short to spend your time and attention worrying about your food choices. So let's take a deep breath and then join us, two registered dietitians and friends, as we explore the world of nutrition with a special focus on cultivating a healthy and peaceful relationship with food. My name is Matt Priven, and I am joined, as always, by my co host and the best dietitian on planet Earth, Jen Baum. Hey, Jen.
1: Hey, Matt. And just a quick reminder, if you are enjoying the show, maybe consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That definitely helps to spread the word and get us into the ears of other listeners who may enjoy the show.
0: Thank you kindly. So Jen, what are we talking about today?
1: So today, we are going to be talking about whether or not the pH of the foods and beverages you drink can actually impact your health, or I guess generally, if you should worry or be concerned about whether or not the pH of your food really matters. And this is a question that definitely comes up for me in practice. I'm not sure. Do people ever ask you in practice, Matt, whether or not they should be concerned about the pH of their foods?
0: Yeah, I think it's like a niche worry. Like I hear it sometimes, but Not a ton. I think where it tends to come up for people is they hear about alkaline water Mm -hmm. and they think, should I be drinking alkaline water? That's a question I get a lot. And I have gotten some people who said, oh, I read this book that says I should be basing all of my food decisions around the pH either of the food or what that's going to do to the pH of my bloodstream. And they're concerned about that. And so it it does come up from time to time. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, it it definitely does from time to time. And I think that's because there are several diets that are still floating around out there. I think, as you mentioned, the rise of alkaline water more recently has given rise to this question with more frequency. And so, you know, just to give a little bit of an overview about our conversation today, um, we're going to start by doing just a very, very brief defining of terms. Um, And then we're really going to dig into the history around where this idea first came from. Um, We're actually going to go back to the 1800s. And then from there, we're going to talk about the diet that made this idea more mainstream and popular and also throw in some talk about alkaline water which as I said has gained a lot of popularity recently Um, and just as a little bit of a teaser we are also going to include the rise and fall of a real food charlatan so stay tuned for that for sure.
0: Very exciting, and I'm guessing we'll probably talk about some celebrities because they have a lot of ties to alkaline water and putting their name and star power behind alkaline water companies too, right?
1: Yes, alkaline water I feel like is a very big recent celebrity trend, and so we will definitely, for sure, touch on that as well.
0: Sweet. Okay, so let's get through the defining of terms, and this could this has the potential to get pretty chemistry laden. So how are we going to do this in a simple way to define? pH and acid base and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping just to keep it to like 20 seconds or so. And so as a very quick reminder, um, when we talk about pH, we're talking about just how acidic or basic something is. And so if we kind of remember back to our like early chemistry classes, um, there is a pH scale from zero to 14. Anything that's like seven on that scale is considered neutral. Anything with a pH of less than seven is something that's considered acidic. And anything with a pH of more than seven is considered alkaline or basic. Um, And just when it comes to like the human body in general, there's something called acid-base balance. And that just refers to having the right amount of acid and base in our blood and other bodily fluids. So, What's interesting about our bodies, the pH of our bodies is different depending on what part of the body we're talking about. The stomach, for example, has a really low pH, so it's very acidic. That's so we can break down foods. Our blood, on the other hand, is really tightly regulated in terms of pH, um, has a pH of around 7.35 and has to maintain that pretty closely. Um, Otherwise, some pretty bad things happen in the body. So that's just a quick reminder since we're going to be talking a lot about pH, acid-base balance, and then, of course, like whether or not the pH of your food really matters.
0: Yeah. And thinking back to, you know, the classes in which we covered this, I remember that that tight balance in your blood is like, 7.35 to 7.45 and your body does these amazing things to keep it in this really tight window. Maybe we'll get into that at some point later on, but yeah, that was a really good overview. I get it now, thank you. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Okay, so I think we should start by digging into the history and the history here around pH and where this idea that the pH of different foods impacts your health and wellness, it's actually really important to dig into because that's really gonna provide a lot of confidence context for the modern day diet and the modern day food charlatan that we're going to talk about later in the show.
0: Okay, gotcha. So so this is not the history of pH-based dieting going back many years. This is like our understanding of pH and sort of like setting the table for what's to come when we get into the crazy diets.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like laying the groundwork for the thinking behind some of these modern day diets.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So some, some requisite knowledge coming up. Very cool.
1: Yeah. So like I said, we're going to go all the way back to the mid 1800s and we're going to be talking about a French physiologist whose name was Claude Bernard And this guy was actually a pretty big deal at the time. Um, He is credited for making some pretty significant discoveries in terms of uh, nutrition and how our body functions. For example, he's the one that actually discovered glycogen, which is the storage form of glucose in the body. He also identified the role of like pancreatic juices and the digestion of fat. So he was a pretty big deal and he actually still has books that are referenced to this day because he really kind of outlined and developed like the experimental method that's still used today in science.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah, those are really important discoveries.
1: The reason we're talking about Claude Bernard is because in the 1850s, he did an experiment where he actually fed rabbits a lot of boiled beef. And that is a very Mm. unusual thing to do. Um, But he essentially was given like a collection of like nine or 10 rabbits. And he just decided to see what happened if he fed rabbits beef instead of veggies, which is what they usually eat. Uh, What he found is that rabbits that were fed beef had much more acidic urine than rabbits that were eating a regular diet of grass and plants and things like that. And so the thinking or the thought at the time became that, hmm, the foods that we eat, maybe they're affecting the entire pH of our body. Since he observed that when he changed the diet for the rabbits, the pH of their urine was
0: changing. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and so... I mean, remember, this is the mid-1850s, so we now know kind of why he was observing what he was observing, and I'm not going to talk too much about that yet because that's going to spoil some debunking we're going to do later, but it was a pretty understandable kind of early observation, When we fast forward a little bit more to the early part of the 20th century, we really begin to understand a lot more about pH. um, The pH scale that I mentioned in the first part of the show, um, that was developed in 1909. And we also start to do lots of experiments in the 1900s where we're feeding people different diet compositions. And it really does kind of become clear at this time that it's not the pH of the body that's changing in response to different foods that we're eating. It's really like the pH of the urine that seems to be changing. Um, And this is kind of an important distinction to make because changing the pH of the body is very different than the pH of the urine.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, we talked already about how your body does all these things to try to maintain a really tight balance of pH in your bloodstream, but your kidneys are filtering out waste products and so these rabbits might have been fed beef and their urine became more acidic. And I'm very confused how they figured that out before they had the pH scale. I'm scared the answer is they tasted the rabbit urine.
1: Um, I actually, that's what I thought too. I can tell you, I think they used a device called a galvanometer. Um, And so it was like a very early way of determining the pH of a fluid by using an electrical current. I was also terrified that there was going to be a lot of tasting and smelling involved. Um, And I don't think that's what happened.
0: Okay, but urine is not the same as what's in your blood. Your body's gonna protect what's circulating in your bloodstream. It's gonna get rid of things in your urine and that could be excess acids.
1: Exactly, exactly. So the other kind of food science-y topic that we really need to talk about before we dig into the modern day diet that's based on this idea is the idea of food ashing. Do you know about this at all, Matt?
0: No, I'm familiar with the term like ash forming, but I need an education on what ashing is.
1: Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about food ashing, which was also a method that was developed in the 1900s. And I will say that ashing in food analysis is actually pretty useful. So what happens is that different foods are heated or burned at super high temperatures And then the leftover ash is actually analyzed. Um, This technique is actually helpful in providing insight into the total mineral content of foods. So minerals, they aren't destroyed at high heat. So you can actually analyze the leftover ash from a food to determine the mineral content of that specific food. So ashing is a a really legitimate technique that's used in food science to help determine the overall mineral content of a food, but also to identify if there's a toxic mineral in said food. So for example, it's the way we would determine if there is mercury or lead or something that's going to be harmful to us in like a given food sample.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So ashing essentially is this process where you could take like a banana burn it, and then look at the leftover ash and be like, okay, here's how much mineral content is in there, but it also gives you an opportunity to say, of this total ash, how much is potassium? And you'd imagine you'd have a good amount of potassium in a banana that was ashed.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So they do this for lots and lots of different foods as a way of analyzing mineral content. But the other thing that they started to do with these food ash residuals was to analyze the pH of the ash that was left over from different foods. And what they found was that some foods left acidic ash. Some foods, when burned and heated and analyzed, left a more alkaline or basic ash. And then there was a whole subset of foods that were just kind of neutral, right around that 7 pH level.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're still in the early 1900s too, right?
1: We're like mid-1900s at this point.
0: Okay, so they've figured out that rabbits create more acidic urine when they're fed certain types of diets, like a lot of beef. We've figured out what pH is to help explain that that scale of acidity or base. We've learned that um, you know we've learned enough about the body to understand the difference between what's happening in your bloodstream and your urine. And now we're burning foods and looking at the ash content, and we've gotten understanding that some ash is acidic, and some is basic, and some is neutral
1: that's exactly right. Excellent summary. The reason we need to talk about ash is because the alkaline diet, which we're about to talk about in a minute, is sometimes also referred to the alkaline ash diet. And it's referred to as the alkaline ash diet because it's largely based on whether or not the residual ash from foods is acidic or basic. Okay. So, Let's transition and talk about the diet that is really based on this concept. This diet, the alkaline diet, is why I think there's this lingering question still in many ways about whether or not the the pH of the food you eat has an impact on health. Um, But before we get into the diet itself, we have to talk about the founder of this diet. So, The man who is credited as being kind of like the father of the alkaline diet is a man named Robert O. Young. And he first published what was his most popular book called The PH Miracle, Balance Your Diet and Reclaim Your Health in 2002. Um, According to one source that I found, this book sold around 4.5 million copies and was translated into multiple languages. So it was a pretty big
0: deal. Yeah, sounds like it.
1: This guy in the early 2000s was also like all over the place in terms of like everywhere on television. I found clips of him being on CNN. Um, He was interviewed on multiple early shows. So he was like a really big deal in the early 2000s. And I guess I should also probably say, while it's easy to think that this was maybe only like an early aughts diet trend there have actually been a lot of celebrities much more recently who have endorsed the alkaline diet. Um, Just to throw out some names, Kate Hudson, Gwyneth Paltrow, not surprising. Um, And even like Tom Brady, who sells his kind of like TB12 nutrition and fitness program that's gained a lot of popularity recently, um, also talks in his book about how he follows an alkaline diet.
0: Okay. So a diet that Robert O Young came up with that's based on some of the history that we just talked about. Basically, there's a way of eating that helps you control the acidity or alkalinity of your bloodstream and there's some promises that were made about the health benefits of eating in a way that, you know, gives you a sense of control over your acid-base balance through your food choices.
1: That's exactly right. So let's let's dig in and talk about this alkaline diet and what it's actually kind of promoting. So the alkaline diet promotes replacing so-called acid-forming foods with alkaline-forming foods in order to supposedly promote better health and wellness and reduce the risk of chronic disease. And so the general idea is that because the pH of your blood is slightly basic, you need to avoid acid-forming foods. So examples of acid-forming foods are things like meat, poultry, eggs, dairy products, sugary drinks and sugary snacks. Um, Lots of wheat products are considered acid forming. And then examples of more alkaline or basic foods, these are the foods to kind of focus or emphasize are things like vegetables, fruits, um, nuts, seeds, legumes. And the general recommendation of the diet is that you should be really kind of aiming to have 80% of the foods you eat consume be alkalizing or basic. And then only 20% can be acid forming. So this is kind of like the general rule of thumb that you're supposed to apply to like every meal and snack.
0: Okay, got it. So that word forming is kind of weird here. Like, are they saying it does something in your body that forms acids? Are they referring to that process of burning and ashing food and what is formed in that process?
1: The latter is what they're talking about. So an alkaline forming food is one that forms an alkaline ash um, upon like burning. And an acid forming food is one whose ash residual is more acidic.
0: Okay, so that is super confusing because they're saying veggies and fruits are more alkaline forming But that would include things that we think of as acidic, like an an orange or a lemon. So once you burn up a lemon, even though it's definitely acidic, if you drink lemon juice, the remaining ash can be alkaline and therefore it's considered an alkaline forming food uh, in this diet plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, like... Most diets, so simple, straightforward and logical, but um, no, like really, really the, whether or not something is acid forming or uh, basic forming or alkaline forming really has to do with the mineral content of the ash itself and the pH of those minerals. So very confusing, yes, um, but again, entirely based on the ash residual of foods, not the pH of the foods to begin with.
0: Great. This is this. This sounds like a sweet plan to follow.
1: <laughs> it sounds just so intuitive. Yeah. Um. So I am actually going to play you a clip. Um. This is an interview um, from the early show in the early 2000s, and we're going to hear from Robert O. Young about his alkaline diet. This is an interview that he was doing with Jane Clayson. Like I said, on the early show. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you, so we can hear from the man himself.
2: You have uh, worked with thousands of people, not only in this country, but around the world. And I know that many of the testimonials of those people and their sickness and their healing are, are, are in this book. You've worked with patients who have cancer, with MS, with heart disease. And not to simplify too much, but the work and the results are essentially the same.
1: Well, it really comes back to that foundational theory that that this one sickness one disease one treatment that uh,
2: due to an inverted way of living eating and thinking which disturbs the central balance and creates acidity within our systems that then cells start breaking down which then expresses various symptomologies it's really not the book is really not about disease but it's really bringing balance to our internal fluids of our body so how do you change that balance well you change it with what you eat you change it with your lifestyle
1: So that's Robert O. Young. You can tell that this guy is like totally all in on this idea. Uh, I'm not really going to go into this a ton, but he actually mentioned in that clip how even our thoughts can impact the pH of our body. That's actually something he does believe, um, that if we have positive thoughts, those can help make our body kind of more alkaline and that's better for us. So like I said, very, very all in on this idea that the only thing that really matters when it comes to health and wellness is the pH of our body. Um, I'm also going to send you a quick quote from his book, The pH Miracle. um, And I I want you to read it in your very best diet guru slash food charlatan voice. So let me send that to you right now.
0: (laughs) Okay, got it. What kind of charlatan are we going for here? Can you give me an example? Who, Who should I be imitating?
1: I think you should try to just imagine like the biggest grifter of all time and emulate that just just from your heart.
0: Okay, here we go. Quote, forget cholesterol counts, forget calories and fat grams, forget blood pressure, blood sugar, hormone levels, or any of the other markers of healthy you're used to at the doctor's office. It turns out the most single important measurement most important to your health is the pH of your blood and tissues, close quote. Oh, that was really poorly written or said, whoever this quote is from, geez.
1: Oh, no, that's that's him. That's him oh, writing. Oh, that's Robert. <laughs> yeah, that's Robert. Yeah, that's from his <laughs> right. book, The pH Miracle. So right, right, um, right. terrible grammatic structure there, as well as um, a lot of horrible advice, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's, this is the ultimate example of silver bulleting. Like he is just like, I have one explanation for all things.
1: That's right. Okay. So let's get into the claims of this diet because they are numerous and varied and some of them are particularly outrageous. So proponents of the alkaline diet um, really believe that eating in this style can not only help reduce the risk of developing chronic diseases, but also extend lifespan. They believe that eating, you know, more acid forming foods like red meat gives rise to like pH imbalances that set up for poor health over the course of a lifetime. They also believe that you're much less likely to get sick if you're eating an alkaline diet. And they also make the claim that you won't get things like cancer, you won't develop cancer if you're eating an alkaline diet. So lots of really huge, pretty big health claims are being made around this way of eating, which, you know, to me gets really uh, challenging and unfortunate because it's big claims like this that are often the most misleading.
0: Yeah. And the most dangerous. I mean, they, they, they pull in people at their the worst moments of their lives when they're being forced to make a choice between, you know, surgery and chemotherapy and radiation to treat like a malignant cancer uh, or an alternative therapy. And and they're told that the pH is the answer, right? Is that where we're going with this?
1: It definitely is. And, and before we kind of get... Aww. I know, I know. But, but before we get there, I think it's a good time to bring in the conversation around alkaline water particularly because alkaline water has gained so much popularity in the US in the last decade or so. And I'm sure probably most people listening have at one point or the other seen one of these alkaline waters being sold at like a store. I mean, I know... Body Armor makes an alkaline water now. Glasso, which is the maker of vitamin water and owned by Coca-Cola, which is called Smart Water. And, you know, these are really very much based on this same idea that it's better for our body to be consuming alkaline foods and beverages in order to optimize our health. So let me play a quick clip for you. This is a a clip of Marky Mark and Diddy um, talking about the benefits of alkaline water and also talking about why they chose to start their own alkaline water company.
2: I was training for a movie and it was the only thing that I changed in my routine and you know it was so good for inflammation taking lactic acid out of my body I went from running six miles a day to running eight miles a day Mm -hmm. and I said you know there's something special about the water so I wanted everybody else to reap the benefits of drinking alcohol hydrate and alkalized water. I've tried some of it myself it does have a little bit of an alkaline flavor to it what's what are the health benefits what does it do?
1: It It, it cuts down the acidity in your body and cuts down the inflammation and all disease comes from inflammation so it's a step in the right direction.
2: Yeah, so for him, he likes to, you know, go out late at night. I get up early. I said, listen, drink two before you go to bed and one in the morning. And you'll be ready to go
0: the next day.
1: No more headache?
0: No more headache. Mackie Max got himself a water company.
1: (laughs) It's a step in the right direction, Matt. It's a step in the right direction.
0: Am I allowed to do the accent?
1: You can do the accent. Go ahead. I'll allow it.
0: All right, thank you. You know what? I lived in Somerville for three years, right by Winter Hill, kid. I could... I think I'm allowed to do it. I don't. I'm not really sure, uh, but I, I love how Mark was like giving his his background sales pitch, and he said it so fast and mumbled it as if he said this a zillion times. He's like, "I went from running four miles a day to six miles a day." Uh, you know. Like <laughs> he's just been through this marketing pitch so many times. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. And you know, again, this is pretty common now. I feel like to have celebrities endorsing alkaline water. And again. Like I said before, this is based totally on the same alkaline diet that Robert O. Young developed in like the, you know, early 2000s. I'd also want to point out the fact that like alkaline water is super expensive. Like I actually looked up how much this stuff costs and you can get like six liter bottles of smart water for like $12. And for like $3.50, you can get like two times the amount of regular bottled water. So this stuff is like ultra expensive. And essentially, like we said, it just has a slightly higher pH because they're adding you know certain minerals and electrolytes to it and then making a ton of health claims around it.
0: Yeah, and kind of positioning it as like, regular water doesn't help as much or or maybe at all. And you're gonna have a hangover and you're not gonna be as, you know, physically fit and you're not gonna you know, all these things that are gonna be the problem with drinking water. Like that's the problem they're creating.
1: I thought the same thing. I was like, what a low point in the world of nutrition to hit when like even regular water is not okay.
0: I just feel like this is so clearly a cash grab based on like a trend, you know? It's like We're going to put some fricking water in a bottle and sell it to these idiots. And we're going to make millions of dollars. And, you know, we're going to put bottles of this water in every Marky Mark movie. And we're going to make commercials. And it's just like, come on, guys. Seriously. I know.
1: I know. Okay, so you and I are going to get ready to do some pretty serious debunking. But before we do, I think it's really important that we talk about the downfall of Dr. Robert O. Young. So are you ready to go on a pretty dark journey with me right now?
0: Always, Jen. I'm here with you.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Dr. Robert O. Young, the founder of The Alkaline Diet, whose book sold 4.5 million copies and who was super big in the early 2000s, turns out is not actually a doctor at all. Uh, Robert O. Young actually has no post-high school degree from any accredited school. He has has received, quote-unquote, Doctorates for naturopathy and nutrition from Clayton College of Natural Health, which is actually a defunct correspondence school that has never been accredited by any agency recognized by the US Department of Education. So, no real education, no medical education or background, no health education or background, despite the fact that he calls himself a doctor. What the hell?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been waiting to use and I think you should leave sound clip.
1: It was very perfect and very aptly timed. So it definitely is going to get a lot worse. In 2015, there was a cancer patient. Her name was Dawn Callie. She actually sued Young in the San Diego Superior Court alleging negligence and fraud. Um, she actually claimed that he advised her to forego traditional chemotherapy and instead go with a treatment in line with his alkaline theories. And this is because Young actually believes that cancer is not a cell at all, but an acidic poisonous liquid that can be treated by lowering the acidic levels in the blood. And so I am going to play you a clip of Don Callie talking about this experience with Young.
3: Don Kelly was 33 when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. It
2: was just, my world was collapsing.
3: She had a lumpectomy, but was told she faced lengthy treatments. Looking for options, she found Robert Young, the creator of the PH Miracle Diet. He claims his diet can treat and cure cancer
2: and other terminal diseases. My cancer is really aggressive. It's an aggressive form of breast cancer. And he said it doesn't matter as long as you do this diet. She
3: went to his luxury ranch in Valley Center to learn more about these treatments and his diet that
2: include pumping patients with IVs of baking soda. And paying two to $5,000 a day, you know, depending on how many IVs you were getting. But Don's cancer returned. And he's saying, I don't care about the numbers. Uh, I don't care if you two or three more tumors pop up this is what happens. It gets worse before it gets better. And it did get
3: worse. But six years after her first diagnosis, Dawn finally went
2: to an oncologist. It's not just right here. It's everywhere. It's all up and down your spine. It's um, in your chest. It's in your notes.
3: Dunn started to realize who she
2: was dealing with. In
3: 2017, Young served prison time for practicing medicine without a license. In court, he admitted he did not have any post high school educational degrees from any accredited
2: schools. And I realized that he knew nothing.
0: Oh, it's chilling. He's pumping. Baking soda into people? Yes,
1: yes. That is part of his treatment for like chronic conditions and things like cancer that he actually injects. I mean, like the baking soda that you would find in your fridge or in your pantry, he is actually injecting that into people intravenously.
0: Because it's a base. He wants to <sighs> alkalize your bloodstream.
1: I know. It's so hard to like know what to say to something like this because again, this is like an a, such a just kind of terrifying example of somebody who claims to have a background in nutrition or health or or medicine even, um, just doing these kind of like terrifying things and really impacting the lives of the people they're interacting with. I think it's worth noting that in 2018, a San Diego jury actually cited against Robert O. Young and ordered him to pay $105 million to Don Callie, um, because they really found that it was his negligence that impacted her treatment and health um, in a way that was, you know, reprehensible.
0: Absolutely, it was. And sounds like she was paying five grand a day for baking soda injections for a very long time. So, you know, this this had a profound impact on her.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I will go on to say that Robert O. Young was also one of those individuals during the COVID pandemic who was a COVID denier. Um, He actually believed that COVID was just an imbalance of acid in the body and therefore was trying to convince people just to take his supplements Or to get a baking soda treatment um, to prevent or treat COVID. Um, And in 2022, so just last year, um, Young was actually arrested again and charged with conspiracy to practice medicine without a license. I guess he had been taking people, particularly cancer patients, um, to his 46 acre avocado farm in California and giving them this baking soda treatment. Um, And so right now he's facing up to 15 years in prison if he is convicted again for practicing medicine without a license and just medical negligence.
0: And the real crime here would be if you drive into his avocado farm, if the sign doesn't say avocado farm, but with a PH, I'm gonna be (laughs) so angry at this guy for missing out on the (laughs) obvious (laughs) PH joke here.
1: Yes, it is a missed opportunity for sure. So, you know, that is the real downfall of Robert O. Young. And I am just very glad they actually have seemed to get him and that he will hopefully never be interacting with people again in any type of like, quote unquote, medical capacity, since it seems incredibly harmful um, to people. So it seems like we are hopefully done with him for a while and hopefully he'll go to prison because he sounds like a pretty bad guy, quite
0: honestly. Seriously, uh this you, you know what I I feel like we've been around the block with these types of stories long enough to know that there's probably a lot of people out there who credit this dude with significant benefits in their health. And so I don't know if you if you learn much about the sort of like current state of you know online conversation about this dude, but it's so strange, you know, like he releases this book years ago and he's saying like, you have to deal with the pH of your blood. And the way to do that is to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables and try to have a bit less sugar, right? And then he goes like off the rails, injecting baking soda into people and denying COVID and, and you know, calling cancer a like acidic juice or whatever. And there becomes this rift where some people did years ago or more recently maybe choose to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. under the idea that this was going to help their health through this model of pH. And what do you know? They felt better when they were eating more veggies. And so now the belief for some maybe slightly less educated on this these science topics is that the PH miracle saved their life or helped manage disease that they have. And they credit Robert O. Young as a freaking genius, probably. And, then they just defend him in this like conspiratorial way. I mean, am I am I telling the right story here? I mean, does he have like a, a militia of supporters online?
1: He does. Yeah, there are people that still support him even now. There are conversations and threads online where people talk about him being um very wise and understanding the truth about health and wellness. And so there is very much still a large body of individuals that support his ideas, um, his approach to health and wellness, even in the face of all of these like criminal charges and things like
0: that classic conspiracy rift with like a really simple backstory to it. And then a dude who goes off the rails. So yeah, this, this sucks.
1: I know it really does. I really, it really does. And so, you know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense now since we have heard lots and lots of claims from both alkaline water and the, you know, pH or alkaline diet that we need to do some debunking here. And so I think the first thing to talk about is that it's very, very clear and we've known for a long time that the pH of your food cannot impact the pH of your blood. The great thing that we all have are kidneys and lungs. And the kidneys and the lungs really regulate the acid-base balance of the body and the blood in a very, very controlled, systematic way. So if you change your diet and eat more acid-forming foods doesn't mean that the body doesn't have to navigate the acid load from those foods. It just means that our kidneys and our lungs are in place to do just that. And so, as long as you have kidneys and lungs, you literally do not need to worry about the pH of your food.
0: Yeah, very important point I've been waiting to say this entire time. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you have kidneys and lungs, like that's it. that's great. Like you don't need anything else really when it comes to this particular question. So, what about the idea of alkaline water? There are lots of claims, as I mentioned, around alkaline water. One, that it's more hydrating than regular water. Two, there's um, claims around it improving digestion, things like that. Um, When I looked into the studies that have been done around alkaline water being more hydrating than regular water, all of the studies that I could find, and those were like, when I say all, that's like three small studies that were each done in like 30 people, each one of those studies was funded by Glasso, So essentially funded by Coca-Cola, the company that's pushing their smart water. So I think it's so hard to say or extrapolate anything from those studies. I would also say that those studies were very poorly designed. The methodology wasn't great. And of course, the results leaned towards alkaline water being more hydrating. But if we're talking about study design and a industry-funded study, I would take absolutely nothing from that because there's just not enough data around whether or not this is truly like a more hydrating liquid.
0: Right, answering that question, is it hydrating is kind of strange to begin with. Like, is that asking, are you getting sufficient fluid? You're going to get fluid from water or alkaline water. If, if it's trying to ask the question, are you restoring like your electrolyte balance and an alkaline water had added electrolytes to bring up the pH and more make it more alkaline then yeah you're going to get more electrolytes but that doesn't really mean that you shouldn't choose normal water it just means that it's good to get some extra minerals and so like i could see an argument for why somebody would prefer to drink like mineral water from a spring cuz it has extra minerals in it and that happens to make it more alkaline but Still, we shouldn't turn up our nose at water. It's still going to hydrate you. And you're getting plenty of electrolytes from your food and other things you drink. We get plenty of electrolytes. That's not a concern,
1: absolutely. and And you made the excellent point that when it comes to hydration, it's really about the amount. And not the type of water you drink, right? Like, if you're only drinking one glass of regular tap water a day, but the next day you drink like six glasses of alkaline water, well, of course, you're gonna be more hydrated that second day. But that's quantity and not type of water that really matters. And I would also say that, like, our tap water is mineralized, right? Minerals are added to our tap water as well. And so, you're really, like you said, you're getting enough minerals, you're getting enough electrolytes from lots of other places that this is not something that you need to worry about.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, so what are some some of the other claims we're trying to debunk here?
1: Well, I think there's the one that alkaline water is somehow better or more optimal for digestion. And like, I just, I can't let this go. Like, I have to make the point that like, Our stomach, as I said in the very beginning of the episode, is very acidic. So our stomach has like a pH of like between two and three, which is really important because that's what helps us to break down foods. So if you're drinking alkaline water, that water is neutralized as soon as it hits the stomach. So I'm not sure how it could help digestion from there on out because it's going to be instantly neutralized when it hits the stomach.
0: Yeah, you're dropping it into a pit of hydrochloric acid and expecting it to have an impact. It's not helping.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, like, we can't forget about the ultra acidic stomach um, in play here. Yeah, totally. I think the other kind of thing that we have touched on or, you know, talked a little bit about that I think is worth debunking, I mean, I don't think we need to say a lot here, is that this idea that cancer is more. Prevalent, or there's a higher risk of developing cancer in a more acidic body environment. Um, This idea that cancer thrives in an acidic environment comes from studies that have been done in, like, a petri dish. With cells, And so, you know, there's these proponents of the alkaline diet that believe that like if you eat a diet high in alkaline foods and limit acidic foods, you can raise the body's pH level and make your body a more basic environment, which is therefore like a poorer environment for cancer. But like I said, those studies that have been done with cancer cells in an acidic environment have been done in a lab in a dish this does not in any way speak to how cancer behaves in the human body. And so we cannot extrapolate anything from like a basic or an acidic environment and the risk of cancer or a treatment of cancer.
0: Yep. Good point.
1: So I think the last thing that's worth talking about, because this is an idea that's kind of out there right now, is whether or not like a typical Western diet, which is considered like, a more acidic, ash-heavy diet can actually impact our bone health or our risk of developing osteoporosis. And this is not something that I mentioned earlier, but it's definitely something that is out there with more frequency now being talked about. And the reason that this is talked about more now is because, you know, if we think about our bone, bone is actually a large reservoir of base, meaning that our bones are made up largely of calcium. And so the thinking here is that if people are eating too many acidic-forming foods, then the bones are actually going to be broken down to neutralize that extra acid. And when I was looking into the research here, there's actually two pretty polarized sides, but the research, in my opinion, definitely leans more strongly towards the idea that a high-acid-ash diet doesn't contribute to osteoporosis. Um, And so actually I'm going to send you a quote um, from a 2018 review article um, that I want you to read because I think it speaks to a really nice summary of the research that's out there right now.
0: Quote, For the majority of people eating typical Western diets, whose renal function, meaning kidney function, and acid excretory ability is normal, Dietary acid loads would not be a readily detectable factor in altering bone mineral density, leading to the development of osteoporosis. So they're basically they're saying if you've got a functioning set of kidneys, or even one kidney, and you know you're able to manage your acid-base balance the normal way, don't worry about the acid balance of your food.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And so essentially like maybe if somebody had chronic kidney disease or um, if they had some type of like impaired kidney functioning, then maybe there could be some value in incorporating more like alkaline forming foods since there's a real issue in maintaining acid-base balance at this point. But again, if you have healthy functioning kidneys... Uh, eating acidic forming foods, it's not gonna increase your risk of developing osteoporosis. There's a lot of other factors, things like age or gender that are probably going to impact whether or not you develop osteoporosis or just impact your bone health more generally.
0: Totally. And I will still be eating sugar and meat and the things that I like, even as a registered dietitian who has heard all of this and now learned from you about the, the whole history of pH-based eating approaches ain't going to change my my eating style. How about you? No,
1: nope, not at all. I am going to continue to eat burgers and thank my kidneys and my lungs for allowing yeah. me to do that.
0: Yeah, thank you, lungs and kidneys. They work <laughs> so hard every second of your life.
1: Yeah, we're just and like a yeah. moment of silence for our lungs and kidneys for being awesome. Let's take a
0: deep breath for our lungs. Okay. Ready?
1: <sighs> Those things are the best.
0: Yeah, they're really good. Now let's just let's put our heart chakra and our kidneys really quick. Okay, ready? Yeah. Thank you, kidneys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll see you, Matt.
0: All right, see you, Jen. Nutrition for Mortals is a production of Oceanside Nutrition, a real-life nutrition counseling practice in beautiful Newburyport, Massachusetts, where we provide individual nutrition counseling both in person and online via telehealth. Feel free to learn more about our practice at OceansideNutrition.com. If you want to send in a show idea, you can email us at NutritionForMortals at gmail.com. we on Instagram at NutritionForMortals. If you're digging the show, tell a friend. Maybe give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: And an acid forming food is one whose ass.